Welcome to Hair Blazers, the podcast where we empower you to disrupt the beauty industry, starting with your chair and your salon. You can focus on running your business and tune in here to find out how to keep it moving forward. My name's Naomi. I'm the marketing manager for the Aveda Institute and for the Verde Salon Group. And I'm Colleen Lamrad. I'm the director of education and business development for the Verde Salon Group. And today we're joined by a very special guest. Mm-hmm. This is Ian Hart. Thank you so much for joining us. Ian is the owner of Storm Hair Group and also a national Aveda educator. So very cool to have you here. Welcome. Thanks for having me. It's a beautiful day. Thank you it for is. Bringing me on a warmer day to Winnipeg. Yeah, and we didn't bring in February, which is which is great. Yeah. The sun's shining, so no minus forty for you. No, not this year. Not this year. Okay, not I'll remember year. this. Um, so, I mean, there's so many different things we could talk about with you because you have such an array of experience. But um, we wanted to kind of focus on we would call it the lucrative world of bridal styling. I like that. Yeah. So uh, to start, maybe just tell us a little bit about your journey in the industry. Um. I come from a family of hairdressers. Um, I kind of thought about getting into doing hair when I was about 14 and uh, my mom was a hairdresser. So I had kind of access to her equipment. Um, a bunch of my friends were punk rockers, so they didn't care what their hair looked like as cool as <laughs> what it great. was. Um, you could do really whatever that you wanted. So uh, I kind of experimented a lot doing their hair and then um, started like getting into really focusing on uh on being like becoming a hairdresser when I was um, about 18. So that was, I don't know, a long, long time ago, too long ago. It doesn't look that long. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I got into, I got into like uh, the school and stuff like that. And that was amazing. I loved it. First day that I showed up to school, I was just like, this is where I'm supposed to be. It just felt real. It felt um, comfortable. And I got a job in a salon and uh, I was there for about six months. And my boss suggested that we take this course in Toronto and it was a haircutting course and it was uh, Martin Parsons. Um, so we took this three, three, uh, three day cutting course. And at the end of it, Martin came up to me and uh, he's like, I love the way that you work. How would you like to work for me? And I was like, wow, cool. But my boss here just paid for half of this class. I can't really do that to her. And he's like, no, no, no. It's not like a full-time gig. It's uh, you just come up here, come up to Toronto and, um, uh, help out with the classes, kind of assist me, set up mannequins. Like you're here at like 6 a.m. and you're probably here until about 7 or 8 p.m. And um, he's like, what do you think? I was like, how much are you paying me? And he's like, <laughs> I'm not going to pay you. He's like, I'll give you education. I'll teach you how to do hair. And uh, you'll do kind of all this this work that we need. I was like, that sounds great. I love that. So I go home and uh, um, tell my dad, it's like, hey, they offered me this job. I'm going to be an assistant for Mark Parsons. He's like, well, how much does it pay? <laughs> yeah. I was like, nothing. He's like, you're an idiot. I was like, no, <laughs> no I'm not. No, that's not it works. Um, I knew what I what I was getting into and I knew the value that I had from it. So I assisted for him for um, probably about a year and a half and really learned everything. And Martin is the guru of mm-hmm. long hair. So he taught me his cutting technique, which was amazing. It made a lot of sense. And it helped me at the beginning of my career. And then uh, the long hair was like what I loved. And when he started doing um, updos and stuff like that, it's like, this is like the coolest thing because it's like sculpting hair. And if you mess it up, you take it down and you just redo it. Whereas if you cut hair or color hair, you kind of have to wait till it grows out or that's that's very true and it's so funny that so many people are terrified of doing upstyling and they're fine with colors (laughs) yeah it's yeah if something doesn't look right you just change it right then 
(laughs) Well, I think that's partially a matter of practice. You know, if you don't have a ton of experience or if you don't get the opportunity to do upstyling very often, it can definitely seem scary, but that's why education is so important. Yeah. In, in, in the beginning of uh, my career, I remember there was a wedding party that came into the salon. I tell this like story in class because mm-hmm. this kind of relates to a lot of people's um, kind of scares of being in the salon. Yeah. And I remember this wedding party came in and the girl sat down in my chair and uh, she wanted her hair put up. So I was like, grabbed her hair and started putting it up. And I was like so excited. And uh, I got her hair up. And then I went to the lunchroom and came back telling the girls. I was like, yeah, I just did an updo. It's like my first updo. And... Uh, so I, I come back and somebody else is doing her, her, her hair, like fixing her hair. I was like, what happened? I was like, she hated her hair. Like she just didn't like it. And I just felt terrible that I made somebody feel horrible and didn't feel good about themselves. So that was when I kind of started like really diving deep into it. And I don't want somebody to feel like mm-hmm. that. I don't want to be responsible for somebody feeling like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, made sure that I learned everything that I could learn about doing hair up. That's good. And so I didn't realize it was from that early in your career that you're like, this is what I enjoy. Yeah. And kind of on the marketing side of things for, for myself, I thought it's like, this is a way to kind of set myself apart from everybody else mm-hmm. and uh, just telling people that I'm the updo guy. So that's, what that's a great niche to have. Absolutely. So what impact did you see when you decided that this was something that you were going to set yourself apart with? This was something that you were going to focus in on? Yeah. Like when I decided that this was kind of the the direction that I really wanted to go with my career. Um, I just started telling people and word just got out there. I, I had the confidence in myself and I think I had the confidence in the education that I had that, um, that I could do what people wanted me to do or kind of exceed what their expectations were. So the confidence was important. The knowledge that I had was important. That gave me the confidence. And so I was, I didn't mind telling people or if I was out, I'd say, hey, I'd love to do your hair. Or if you've got like a, an event that you're going to, it's like, why don't you let me do your hair for um, the wedding that you're going to or the event that you're going to, whatever it would be. And I just give them ideas of what I would do. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go sit in his chair mm-hmm. because he's telling me what he's going to do with my hair. And um, it was easy to kind of get you the word out by telling people. I people think. love having like a vision. So like if the same with colors, cuts, anything, if you're like, oh my gosh, I think this would look so amazing on you. Have you ever thought of this? Like, I just think if I was in that position, I'd be like, oh, you have this vision for me? That sounds exciting. Like, let's do it. So I think that's so smart in saying, hey, I think this would look great. They maybe haven't even thought of it. Yeah. We used to have, um, I remember like years ago, I had like this, this group of like high school girls and they were going to like proms and they're going to um, like semi-formals and stuff like that. And they'd all used to come into the salon all at the same time and they get their makeup done and get their hair done. And I'd have to do like a different style on each one of them because it couldn't be the same thing. They couldn't right. all go to the yes. same event um, all looking exactly the same. So that was a fun thing too. Um, and then they would go out and they'd all look totally different. They look beautiful. And it was like this great kind of advertising package yes. that just went out to everybody that was at that, that event. And uh, that really helped too. That helped my career. Yeah, I feel like the referrals, especially in bridal styling, because there's so many stylists that say, I don't even do up styling because they're terrified. And so referrals would be huge in that, knowing that someone you know or someone that you see that they trust this person. Well, and people who are graduating know each other. People who are getting mm-hmm. married know other people in their same age group who are also getting married. People whose kids are graduating know other people who are parents of kids who are graduating. Yeah. You know, it's like it's I can definitely see how referral would be a very, um, very smart way to go about that for that specific 
specific type of styling. I think it's even easier now with Instagram and mm -hmm. social media mm -hmm. um, to get those images out there to let people know that that's what you do. Um, so like we said, so many people are terrified of doing upstyles. And I say this because I look at our team and of 25 people on our team, I'd say there's maybe a handful that enjoy it. And I think more would enjoy it if it was just like practicing, but not for an actual event. Like I think that's what stresses them out. So what advice would you have for either new stylists or stylists that have been in the industry for a while that just aren't comfortable doing upstyling? Like what would you say would be a good first few steps just to get them? Don't overthink it. I think that that's what the, the biggest problem when somebody looks at an image or somebody brings in a picture and uh, they break it down too complex. Mm. The simpler that you think, the better that the result is going to be. So a ponytail is enough to, that's the simplest. Yeah. Anybody can, yes. hopefully, yes. anybody can do uh, um, a ponytail. And yeah. it's, a good ponytail is different than just a ponytail. Yes. So it's like, where's the balance of that ponytail going to be? If it's in the right spot, it looks fantastic. Yes. Is it nice and clean? Um, is it polished? Is it finished? Is there a finish onto it? Um, that's what makes a beautiful ponytail, um, as yeah. opposed to just putting hair into an elastic. So it's like learning those, those little tricks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, think simple. That's think simple. And you know what? I feel like way back, like when I started here, which wasn't that long ago, but I mean, so say 14 years ago, and it was like, you, you charged, it was like based on time. And now I'm like, if I can do a beautiful upstyle, in like 20, 30 minutes because I'm not overthinking it. Like, I feel like people would want to pay like even more for that, right? It's not about the time or how many bobby pins you use or the product. Or it's about the skill level and the experience level. Absolutely. Yeah. If anybody's ever seen Martin Parsons on stage when he was doing kind of his yeah. shows and stuff, he would do probably about seven or eight updos um, during a session, like on stage. And that's in like a half an hour, 45 minute. Um, so it's not how fast that you do it mm -hmm. or how slow that you do mm -hmm. it. It's just how good that you do mm -hmm. it. I it's a that's... different way of thinking, right? Yeah. And I think people are like, I'm just going to curl all the hair first because that way I have time to think about what I'm going to do. And you're like, you don't have to do that all the time. Yeah. Ian, you're a salon owner. And this is something that you've focused on for, you know, the majority of your career up until this point. So what kind of an impact do you see bridal styling have like in the salon? And like, what do you think is the opportunity for bridal styling for a salon business as a whole? A bridal party coming into the salon is a great energy, um, usually on a Saturday morning, sometimes Fridays, sometimes Tuesdays now, people mm -hmm. coming in all times of the week. Um, so it creates a great energy in the salon and it gets some excitement that's going on different than what a color service would be or a haircut service. Um, other people that are in there are kind of seeing mm -hmm. it and seeing kind of this, um, kind of the happiness that's going on during this, this time, which is great. There's happiness in the salon when somebody's getting a color yes. and a haircut as well. But yes. um, I think that there's just kind of this other um, kind of energy that's in the salon. So I think that that's a fun thing. For, for salons, I think that you should be kind of um, well-rounded in everything. Yes. I don't want, like, I, I wouldn't want a salon just to do one thing. I think that the salons for the success of what the business would be, would be kind of doing a little bit of everything or doing a lot of everything. If you can, mm -hmm. if you're big enough, the big enough space to do that. Um, and I think that the marketing of doing a wedding party is amazing. Like you're, you're 
bringing in other people that aren't necessarily customers of the salon. Yeah. So if they're part of a wedding party, then they're going to see what your space is like. Um, and it gives them an idea for the future. If they're looking to kind of change their stylist or their salon, or if they're moving, then it kind of gives them another place for them to come to. That's very true. Mm -hmm. It's very true. Um, and then let's talk about what a lot of people don't talk about, which is the money. And I think people think in many ways that, well, you know, I could do a haircut or a color and, um, make more money in like a small amount of time. So I feel like there's just that kind of narrative around bridal styling a lot of times. I want to know from your point of view, like how do you charge based, like do you do it based on time? Like Our pricing strategy is based on time. Okay. Um, so we're, we've got different levels throughout this lot yep. and each person is kind of um, falls into a different category. We kind of look at it like what is their, their hourly rate that they kind of need to mm -hmm. bring in to kind of cover what the wages or kind of surpass what that wage is. So yeah, that's it. We kind of break it down into time. So if you can go faster with it, we're not going to reduce that, the, the, right. the cost of what that yes. is. If you could do an updo in half an hour, it's like you can still charge the same price as what you did for an hour that somebody's going to be taking as well. So right. it's like, it's better to kind of reduce your time down. You're going to make a lot more money. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's hard to reduce that time when you're doing something like a color, you know, the, the opportunity isn't at there in the same way as it is with like styling. Yeah. And then using assistance, if you've got assistance in the salon that can curl the hair or whatever that you need them to do rather than just putting the hair up. Um, I think that that can kind of speed the process along as well. Yeah, one of the other things I think about like with, with brides is when they come in for an initial um, kind of consultation, um, kind of bring them in. If they're regular clients of the salon, it's easy to kind of have the conversations mm -hmm. of what to do to prepare your hair before you get to your wedding. Um, but if they're not and they've made that initial phone call, like a lot of times we're booking brides a year to a year and a half in advance. So at that point, it's like we want to make sure that their hair is in like the best condition before it comes to their to their wedding. So making sure that the color is proper, making sure that the condition of their hair is the optimum condition. Um, so we kind of bring them in for different services. So there's kind That's of like great. that upsell as well. It's yeah. like okay, get your hair feeling great, yes. looking great, and then your wedding hair is just going to be yeah. like beautiful. Make sure you use the nice products, products. Some of the stuff. <laughs> Yeah, well, and just like you mentioned, that's the opportunity for color. That's the opportunity for treatments. Mm -hmm. That's also potentially the opportunity for something like extensions as well yeah. for the day of, you know, because so many um, upstyles we see, obviously, you know, you can you can do it in clever ways where you can't necessarily tell exactly how, how full the hair is. But if somebody has shorter hair, or if somebody's hair is less full, extensions can be a fantastic add-on to make sure they're getting the the look that they want for their day. Yeah. Um, and we love asking this question to all of our salon owners. So what do you think is the biggest challenge that salon owners are facing right now? That's a great question. I was thinking about this and I think there's a def like a couple of different ways. Um, one of my biggest challenges is the new staff that we have that are coming in want to be as busy as the people that have been doing hair for 15, mm -hmm. 20 years. And I want them to be as busy mm -hmm. as the people that have been there for mm -hmm. 15, 20 years. Um, it's just those small steps that you have to take along the way to get to that level. And I think that younger staff, um, get discouraged that it's not as quick and as easy as what it looks like on Instagram. Um, I think that you've got to put the time and that effort in. you got to put that extra time and that extra effort in to get that success and to get the, the knowledge and the expertise and the clientele. And it's this juggle of this balance of, um, getting to where you want to be. I think setting a goal. Is, is a great idea to 
if you're going to say in two years, I want to have this many clients. Yes. Um, but it, it's, that's, I think, one of the biggest challenges. Patience. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. going to say it's the balance of patience, but also putting in the work, going above and beyond in the day to day to make sure you're getting to that end goal. Because, you know, if you say, I want to have this many clients by end of year two, but you're not taking the steps mm-hmm. you need to, to get there, mm-hmm. it's going to be a very hard road. Yeah. So, and I think too, at the beginning, it's like probably a lot of the efforts you're putting in are not going to yield the results. You would see them yield for somebody else as well. Like if you're talking about the referral program versus if somebody who's been doing hair for five years and has a full clientele is talking about the referral program, they're obviously going to see very different results than you are as somebody who's new, who hasn't built up their clientele yet. So I think that that's one thing that people who are new to the industry don't necessarily consider, they just don't, they see that they're not getting the same results as somebody who is established and they can get, definitely get discouraged. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's probably what what it's like everywhere too. And new talent for sure. I mean, having more senior stylists or more senior staff that can like share with them and let them know, like, this is what you have to look forward to has really like helped us for sure because it's like they think as soon as they're out i mean there's a reason that so many people leave the hair industry within the first year um yeah is there anything else that you want to talk about as far as challenges go other than that i think the culture in the salon is the most important thing i think that you create that culture in the salon even outside of the salon we do a lot of events together um we go bowling we go um for dinners um a couple of drinks and stuff like that so i think that creating kind of the friendship within the salon mm-hmm. makes it so great for the whole team and it makes it feel um i think genuine yeah. uh to to the customers that are coming into they notice yeah that we're goofing around we're friends and uh if they feel that they're going to feel a lot more welcomed when they come in there so we don't really have an internal competition with each other which is such a, a great thing to be a part of um we don't really look at having kind of a competition kind of beyond that as well. We're just here kind of doing our thing and living in the moment for what we're at. And I think that if you're in that, that mode, I think that you don't need to worry about anything else. I think that your clientele and your business mm-hmm. will thrive if you've got that and that confidence with mm-hmm. um, everything that's going on. Yeah, there's enough, enough success in the world for everyone, right? It's like totally, it's not yeah. one or the other. Yeah, all like, of us. When we break down how many clients that you need, it's like each person that is the kind of like a full-time employee, we, we're departmentalized. So for a cutting um, stylist, you need around 200 clients. Mm-hmm. That's it. So mm-hmm. where we are, we draw from probably about a million people, um, like in kind of where we live. And uh, so 200 people per person, it's not really that many people. It's not that hard. So (laughs) I think if new staff that are starting out, if they realize that, it's like, oh, I only need 200. It doesn't seem as daunting Mm -hmm. as like having a full clientele and filling yourself up every single day. It was like 200 people out of a million is pretty easy to do. So think of it as simplest terms. So if there was a piece of advice you could give to somebody who's considering opening a salon, what would that be? I think it goes back to the culture, like create that culture first. And um, if you've got kind of your idea of what your culture wants to be, if it's that friendship, if that's energy, if that's art, if it's whatever it would be, um, be authentic to what your culture is and kind of attract that type of, um, that kind Mm -hmm. of staff member, go to the schools, um, 
build up your your staff from the base. Mm -hmm. For for salon owners, I think going to the schools Mm -hmm. and finding the right people that are going to fit with the culture Mm -hmm. that you're trying to create or that you've already created, um, those are the people that should be in the salon and those are the ones that you should be um, going after and trying to get them um, and creating that culture right from the beginning. Yeah, that's what we've always done and that's always what's worked out best for for our salon. Culture. Mm -hmm. Have you had any challenges maintaining that culture as you've grown? We've hired out of desperation. I'm not going to lie. Um, as many salons have in the yeah, last couple of years. You just need to kind of fill those those chairs that are there. And they kind of weed themselves out. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of, we want to open the door up. But we're, we're inviting everybody to kind of come and work for us. We'd love to have um, everybody. Mm-hmm. But obviously we can't. We just don't have enough space for it. And I think once you establish the culture that you want, it becomes a lot easier. And it just seems to happen that the right people with the right attitude they just are more drawn to you, right? Yeah. Once you establish that culture. We hire for kindness and we'll teach education. So if you've got a kind person um, that comes in and has a conversation with you Mm -hmm. and you get along, you kind of like them, then it's easier Mm -hmm. for them and you to give them your skills, kind of educate them and then they can become successful. We agree. If they're in the right spot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today. We have a bridal upsiling class happening right after this in our salon. Our team's very excited for it. Um, but maybe you can let us know where people can can find you, like Instagram, website. Um, yeah, Instagram, um, hair by Ian Hearth is uh, where I'm at. Um, and the salon I work at is called Storm Hair Group. And uh, it's a cool place. It's kind of like you guys. Oh, thanks. It's got the same feel. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. And um, if there, if anyone wants to reach out to maybe book a class with you, where would be the best place to do that? Um, through Veda is the best way to okay. kind of contact your SDP. And they've got my contact info and uh, they can get me into the salon or in your area. Wonderful. Thank you. Great. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. Make sure you leave us a review, share with your team and tune in for the next episode. Oh, come on.